that will vaccinate the population and uh, allow us to you know break free of the of the restrictions and this is uh, this is really the driver of market sentiment overall Toby, thanks very much. Have a great weekend. That's Toby Lawson, Head of Global Markets at Societe General Australia. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In Australia at the moment, the ASX 200 is up half a percent. The Nikkei 225 now has lost its gains from earlier on this morning and is flat. Uh, looks like the Hang Seng is also going to open less than we first thought, only around about 30 points higher uh, at the open. In the commodities markets, uh, gold is trading at $1,724 an ounce and Brent crude oil is up slightly, $41.68 a barrel. Not much movement in the currency markets. The US dollar is at 106.9 against the Japanese yen this morning. Thank you very much for listening this week. Do have a great weekend. Do please join me again on Monday morning at 8 o'clock for Money Talk. Back Jets coming up with Hugh Chiverton and Danny Gittings after the 8.30 news. The weather forecast, uh, mainly fine, apart from isolated showers in the morning. It's going to be very hot once again during the day. Maximum temperature of around 33 degrees. And the outlook is for sunny periods and isolated showers in the next couple of days. Already it's 30 degrees now. Uh, there is a very hot weather warning in force once again. And the relative humidity is 75%. Just gone 8.31. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. Australia's Prime Minister Scott Morrison says the country is under a sophisticated cyber attack targeting all levels of government, political organisations, essential service providers and operators of other critical infrastructure. Speaking at a media briefing in Canberra, he blamed a state-based actor due to the scale and nature of the targeting. President Trump has suffered a major setback after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned his decision to cancel an Obama-era program that protects from deportation hundreds of thousands of people who entered the United States illegally as children. The migrants are known as dreamers and were mostly born in Latin America. Mr. Trump called the ruling horrible and a gunshot in the face of all conservatives. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo says the verdict would have come as a surprise to the president. I think it's telling that his actions were even too extreme for his extreme conservative judges. That's saying something. That his policies are more extreme than the conservative judges he appointed. I hope he takes that to heart. Facebook says it's removed Trump campaign ads that contained a red triangle symbol used by the Nazis. It said the ads violated its policy against organized hate. Is the BBC's Anthony Zerka. The removed Trump for President advertisements warned of dangerous mobs of far-left groups opposing the president and contained an upside-down red triangle. Facebook said it received complaints that the symbol was used by the Nazi party during World War II to identify political prisoners. The Trump campaign has replied that the symbol is associated with the left-wing group Antifa and is not commonly understood as a Nazi symbol. This marks the latest clash between Donald Trump and social media companies. Last month, the Trump campaign sharply criticized Twitter for appending a fact-checking note to two of the president's tweets. President Trump has said in a tweet that a complete decoupling of the deeply entwined Chinese and U.S. economies remains a policy option. A day after his trade representative appeared to rule out such a move. On Wednesday, the U.S. trade representative Robert Lighthizer, who's been at the forefront of trade negotiations with Beijing, told Congress he didn't see a coupling of the two economies as a reasonable option. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chivers and your co-host today is Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. We're talking more about the national security law legislation uh, today. The uh, MPC Standing Committee is reviewing that draft over the next few days, which covers separatism, subversion, terrorism and now collusion with foreign forces. Opposition lawmakers here have raised concerns about that unexpected change of wording to collusion, saying the central government against prominent pro-democracy figures in Hong Kong. But the DAB has accused the opposition of statements that have been made by the government and supporters that the law will target only a small section of people and the majority of people won't be affected by it. And meanwhile, the Secretary for Constitutional Affairs has suggested that anyone who opposes the coming national security law could be disqualified from the Legislative Council elections in September. How are you feeling? Worried? Happy? As we go into the weekend and the prospect of a new law, a historic moment uh, in Hong Kong history, according to the Liaison Office. Well, let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can give us a call. And the number is 233 We want to hear your uh, opinions. The more diverse, the better. Uh, on that topic, here's a thought, food for thought. Uh, this is from uh, Alistair, uh, who says, I have been a regular and keen listener for several years. I congratulate you on doing a good job and producing a well-balanced programme. It can't be easy. I hope you don't mind some critical feedback. I notice there is an ever-increasing number of emails read out, which is taking up more and more of the show. Public opinion is fine, but I notice more of these are simply one-sided, opinionated, and often downright rude and offensive. In order to improve the quality of opinions and make for a more informative show, could you not ask contributors to provide their name and location and warn people their comments won't be aired unless they are willing to share these with the listeners? If people can't stand by their comments, then they shouldn't expect to be heard. I don't mean their whole address and contact details, just their name and district in the same way that letters to the newspapers do. That comes uh, from Alistair. Uh, Danny, you, you would know more about this than I do, I think. But uh, as far as I recall, I have written in the past, I think, to occasionally to the newspaper or to the South China Morning Post, and you are required to prove who you are, aren't you? You have to say you have to you have to use your real name, you have to use your real address, or you have to give them your real address. I think you have to even give your ID card number to pr- to prove you're a real. Person. Well, it's a long time since I was at the South China mm. Morning Post, but but certainly when I was there, and one stage the, I was actually ultimately responsible for the letters page, and they would verify. Um, yeah, I, I doubt they still require ID cards in the given the personal data privacy ordinance now. But um, uh, they do go to some lengths to um, try and verify the identity of people who, who write in. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, though, um, cases do slip through, though, uh, regardless. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, of course, times have changed. Uh, and um, we, I, I, they don't, they, I'm pretty sure they don't do that on their website. No, they don't do that on the website. They don't. They, they introduce some kind. I think you've got to use Google or something to, to, to log in. Um, but of course, anyway, you can easily. I mean, it's, it's an interesting debate, isn't it? Right, uh, versus mm. verifying the identity versus wanting to have a free flow of exchange. Because you certainly would cut off some people um, from messaging in, um, and you always retain the discretion in any case about whether or not you're going to use a particular um, email. Yeah, I mean, as I say, the principle I kind of work on is, is uh, uh, that. Um, Fake names are okay, but please don't pretend to be more than one person. If you're if you're one person, uh, and um, uh, as for the location, um, that's kind of sensitive because uh, you can judge people and you can make assumptions if you know where their location is. Uh, location is not a critical issue, is it? Right, but it, right? but it mean, may not be relevant. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so to, to ask for it might not be 
kind of useful, really. It might just lead to... Um, yeah, people and of course, those things. who are posting on uh, our Facebook page, are, which is a substantial number as well, are all revealing uh, their identity. Yeah, they are revealing so. their identity. Yeah, so so um, that's good. You know, that's that's uh, um, that's useful, and people can actually share and interact through through Facebook. There, yeah. As as uh, for the emails, there are an increasing number. I just say what I said before. You know that. Uh, um, uh, I do have to edit for length and I do have to edit for and, and then people sometimes get annoyed because I've missed out what they think is the key sentence or something like this but I have to edit on the run uh, and these are just the kind of things you have to put up with uh, on this particular program and we've every, everything has its uh, advantages and disadvantages uh, every kind of format and um, this is the way uh, we have to run it here uh, if I read every email uh, in full uh, I would be it would be nothing but me reading out emails which is you know not very good radio <laughs> Okay, uh, Kenny, uh, in an email on a different topic, says, um, let's be frank, Donald Trump couldn't give a hoot about Hong Kongers. His entire agenda, both domestically and internationally, has one objective, namely to help him get re-elected. It sounds familiar. But the recent sharp decline in his numbers in recent US polls, which show him now lagging Biden in a number of key swing states, shows that most Americans attach little weight to Trump's overseas policies, be it towards China, Hong Kong, Syria uh, or Iran. Actually, I think I did read this out yesterday. I think this seems familiar. Anyway, I'll plough on. Domestic issues will determine the US presidential campaign and Trump is now realising that if he'd paid more attention to his country's deep-rooted social and racial issues as well as his administration's shambolic reaction to COVID rather than Hong Kong, his poll numbers would currently look a lot healthier. Kenny, there you go, two bites of the cherry. <laughs> OK, we're joined by Professor Holok San, a regular guest on Backchat, a senior research fellow at the Pansutong Shanghai Hong Kong Economic uh, Policy Research Institute. Professor Ho, good morning. Welcome back to the show. Uh, so what do you think? Is this new law going to be enforced tomorrow? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know yes, we're guessing um, at this stage. Um, but... I don't think it will be that fast. Uh, uh, I understand that uh, there will be three days of deliberations at the uh, National People's Congress, and then it has to uh, have some kind of consultation with uh, Hong Kong uh, um, um, with Hong Kong government, I, I think. And, um, does it, does it though? At, at least the, the, the basic law committee people, I think. Yes, yeah. you're right. I mean, uh, I, I was saying yesterday we should watch whether any of the basic law committee people suddenly get start getting on aeroplanes to Beijing today. Because okay. <laughs> that would be, but I would tend to agree with you that uh, there, there are a number of procedural problems to actually having, and it's right. also got to be published right. in the right. um, Hong Kong Government Gazette, hasn't it? The number of procedural right. problems. Right. I, I think... Uh, Shouldn't be too long, but uh, probably probably uh, July, early July, I would think. Yeah, it's quite possible early July. Anyway, whether it's tomorrow or early July, it's coming, and it's coming very soon. And yeah, we... I think uh, there's just no 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 alternative. You know, you know that 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 is how it's going to 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 play out. We know a little bit more about the law. We know that um, the law is going to make it uh, an offence to, um, to to collude with uh, foreign uh, with uh, foreign forces, um, and it's also going to specify the punishments. And perhaps it's re right. reasonable to assume it's going to use right. the same punishments as in the, the mainland law, which are very heavy. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, I I'm pretty sure the punishment will be you know. Uh, sufficient to uh, produce the necessary uh, deterrence. And then some? 
I mean, you you were saying, Danny, you thought... Well, under the, the, the mainland law, I mean, for most of these offences, the minimum punishment is 10 years. The minimum punishment. We contrast that with um, protesters are currently being arrested for rioting, rioting, and I think the maximum punishment is 10 years. But the in the mainland law, for most of these offences, uh, life imprisonment is, is mentioned as an option, and um, it generally says that the minimum punishment should be no less than 10 years. I have no idea uh, uh, whether the same would apply to these laws uh, that are specific to Hong Kong. Uh, there's a possibility, but uh, I, I would wait to see. But you, whether or not it's exactly the same, you, you yourself were saying just now that you expect the punishment to be sufficient. And sufficient, yeah, I think we can interpret as uh, you know, fairly in heavy. Eyes, uh, uh, deterrence is everything, you know, because... Uh, that is uh, the, the nature of the security. You know, without, without necessary deterrence, there will be no security. So in Beijing's eyes, why would you have different levels of punishment for breaking national security in Hong Kong compared with other places in China? In Beijing's eyes, is, uh, the punishment should right, be the same. That's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, as far as I know, um, as, far, as far as I understand, uh, as long as the deterrence is, is sufficient, uh, uh, you don't really need to, to make it heavier than uh, what is necessary to produce the necessary deterrence effect. So uh, um, in principle, I would agree that uh, uh, there need not be any difference, you know, and, and uh, if it is going to be lighter in Hong Kong, I would hope that, uh, that uh, things on the mainland will also uh, uh, be at the same level. The other thing we're learning is that the Hong Kong government is really not involved at all. I mean, the Secretary for Justice came out yesterday and said um, quite openly she had no idea about this, um, this latest uh, changes to the law. Yeah, yeah, I think that is uh, for expedience. I think uh, uh, um, at this juncture, uh, expedience is so important, you know, because uh, 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 Beijing just wants to make sure that it gets uh, uh, passed into law. Uh, within as short a time as possible, you know. So, so they 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 try to work out at least, uh, you know, what what they see to be necessary, and then there's some some brief consultation. And I don't think that's going to be extended, and uh, it's going to be pretty fast. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're saying this is inevitable and this is coming and, and so on. But um, are you worried by it? I'm not worried about it. Um, I think uh, uh, Beijing is actually pretty pragmatic especially uh you know it it, it has always been quite pragmatic uh, on on the economic front and on the political front uh, i uh agree that uh, uh, uh on the mainland some of the uh, you, you know they they are not being real wise you know but uh, i i hope they will be wiser uh in regard to hong kong and uh, will not uh uh, will respect the necessary human rights uh, um, expectations in Hong Kong. Now, I think we have to assume now that this new law will criminalise at least some peaceful conduct. I mean, for instance, colluding with foreign states, there's, there's no suggestion there that people are actually using violence or force or anything like that no, to do that. That's no, about, uh, that is about freedom be, of speech, it isn't it? Have to be. Uh, some, some people have pointed out that uh, this... Uh, uh, Catalonia issue in Spain, you know, there was no violence uh, mm. involved, but uh, the, uh, the so-called culprits uh, handed very stiff sentences. 
No, I, I would agree with you. There are precedents elsewhere in the world or, um, for yeah. this to happen, but this is not what we've uh, been talking about previously in relation to Hong Kong. And you'll well recall that the um, Article 23 legislation put forward um, in 2002, 2003, yeah, that, that, that was, was all about mild, force. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, much yeah. milder than this, wasn't it? That, that is very mild. And, and it's, uh, as uh, uh, Regina Ip has mentioned, uh, 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 it's quite unfortunate that it was not passed then. You see... Unfortunately, you see, and I had warned uh, th- those people, you know, who, who wanted a, 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 a lower threshold, you know, to, in order to get into the CE race, uh, that they should not uh, uh, adversely affect Hong, uh, Beijing's trust. You know, if you uh, cause Beijing to wear more, they will be more stiff. Yeah, and there's no... no no, uh, you know, that's the only uh, thing that we are pretty sure, you know, and uh, unfortunately they have, you know, the, the opposition has been uh, escalating uh, violence and everything, you know, and uh, Hasn't the, causing, isn't the... causing Beijing a lot of worry mm. and of course uh, you end up with, uh, with, with the stiffer things, you know, and it's it, quite unfortunate, you know, I, I'm not pleased with this turnout, you know, but it's very unfortunate and, and we have to accept it now. Okay. As I say, we we kind of have to accept it, uh, but it's the law. But we can still have an attitude towards it. Exactly, um, exactly. And, 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 and I'm hope, and I'm hopeful. As, yeah. I, as I mentioned, I'm hopeful that uh, that the law will respect uh, Hong Kong people's expectations about. Okay, uh, you're, you're hopeful. Right. We ho- we had Holden Chow this morning saying that he trusts uh, Beijing. Uh, he trusts that uh, this will only affect a, a few people and that for ordinary people who go about their lives, it won't... And it, everything came down to a, to a matter of trust, uh, basically. But the trouble is, isn't it, that there are very strong indications, and this is exactly what the chief executive said in August, that there is a large number of people in Hong Kong who do not trust Beijing. There is a, an every, yeah, as it, you it, know, every there's every indication not, of this from, from elections. Let me just go through it again. There's every indication of this from, you, from the mass protests, from the, from every opinion poll, from every election, from every election since, yeah. since 1997, that there are large numbers of people in Hong Kong and it seems a growing number of people in Hong Kong who don't have that trust towards Beijing. Actually, and, and so what's um, going to, uh, uh, so Beijing is just going to say, we don't care. The beatings will continue until morale improves. You see, I have been uh, telling uh, uh, some mainland officials each time I had the opportunity. You see, I pointed out uh, that in the Hong Kong University polls, um, trust in Beijing has been rising all up till about 2008. Mm-hmm. Okay? About 2008. And then it leveled for maybe a couple of years. And then it started plummeting, you know, because uh, uh, there are certain things that uh, uh, Hong Kong people feel very unhappy about, you know. The way uh, Beijing handled some, some incidents, you know, it's uh, uh, making Hong Kong people quite worried. And, uh, um, and I think um, uh, if Beijing uh, does the right things, then the trust can, can, can we... Um, can, can rise again. You see, the, the trust has been rising so spectacularly. You wouldn't believe it. You know, you just take a look at those polls. You know, um, now... I, I, I uh, agree, and you can, and you can see, and, that, and there's also a, a correlation between that and things like national identity, aren't there? Yeah, and people, right, right. People yeah, yeah, were you, at exactly you, at the same time... Until, was, 
2008. Yeah, 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 with so, the Olympics. So you know, exactly. When, when, people when, when felt Beijing hosted the, the yeah. Olympics. You know, Hong, Hong Kong people were were so 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 happy about it and, and were very uh, um, very much you know uh, pro pro Beijing, so to speak. You know. But that but that would suggest that, as you say, then there were some series of actions from from Beijing and perhaps by the Hong Kong government, that that's the determining factor. It's not this... To pin it on foreign to outsiders or brainwashing or collusion with foreign forces or something like this is, uh, is mistaken. I mean, at best, mistaken. I, I, I wouldn't say so, you, you know, mm. because I, I, I don't think any uh, uh, country, OK, would accept uh, um, uh, their the people going to a foreign country and asking for sanctions on the country. You see, I, I don't think any, any country will accept that. You know, uh, I, I wouldn't think Trump would accept that. You know, if, if, if some Americans come, come to Beijing and ask for sanctions on Americans, you know, I don't think uh, Trump would be happy about it. And we'll at the same time, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to use a lot. He, there's no law in America that would stop. I mean, freedom of speech is um, protected by the U.S. Constitution. Whatever Trump, uh, Trump says a lot of things. Whatever Trump says, uh, yeah, those yeah, people yeah, would not yeah, that, be prosecuted is, for it. Yeah, that is, that is quite true. And I'm, say, uh, and I'm saying that, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, the rule of law in America is, of course, stronger than that in, 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 on the mainland. No doubt about it. And the rule of law is stronger in, in Hong Kong than that in the mainland. But uh, just, uh, I mean, uh, given that, yeah. given that we have to accept that uh, the rule of law has also been improving considerably. Uh, um, uh, if you look at uh, uh, the World Bank uh, uh, worldwide governance indicators, which has indicated that uh, uh, China's ranking in the rule of law uh, indicator uh, was the bottom 30-something percent to now 48 percent, the bottom 48 percent, which means that it's about median now, you know, within the, within the hundreds uh, something, almost 200 countries. Okay. Can, can I go back to the point about, about trust? The, uh, the, the, the thing is, so you have the, the pro-establishment people like Holden Chow who's saying, trust Beijing, but the, all the indications are that most people in Hong Kong If you do not don't... trust, it's okay. Yeah, so, so yeah, how, yeah, what that, are you going to do about that? that? Yeah, yeah. If you do not trust, it's okay. That's a big but, problem, but isn't you, it? Isn't that the biggest do, problem? You shouldn't do something like uh, like uh, engaging in riots and asking uh, foreign powers, you know, to sanction mm. uh, uh, Hong Kong officials and mainland officials, you know, and you do not ask okay, for, but it, for, 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 for... Sure, sure, uh, sure. But, from, but, but do, you mainland, want, you know? do you need that trust? Do you want that trust? And if you do want that trust, how do you get it? Um... I think both, both, both sides, you know, on the, on the part of Beijing, I have always been hoping that Beijing will be more civilized in, in its uh, ways. Would that and, get more uh, trust? Uh, would that win yeah. the trust of Hong Kong people? Well, well, it's an expectation. You know, Hong Kong people are entitled to having expectations on Beijing. You know, that, uh, I have expectations on Beijing, you know, and uh, I have been disappointed time and again, you know, and it's not a problem, you know. Uh, but uh, uh, on the whole, you know, I, I judge a, um, um, uh, the performance of a government against a um, multi-dimensional uh, 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 kind of matrix. You know, I would consider uh, uh, Beijing uh, on the whole has actually performed 
far better than many, 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 many countries. Do you think? Do you uh, think people will? Well, well, again, do you think in time people will come to realise that or something? I'm just saying, you know, how do you win hearts and minds? How do you yes, persuade? I, that seems to be a key problem. Yeah, it's a two-way street. You know, I, I'm I'm hoping that Beijing wouldn't do silly things, and I'm hope hoping that Hong Kong people wouldn't do silly things. You know, if you do silly things, it's going to hurt. Beijing's trust, and if Beijing does silly things, it will hurt Hong Kong people's trust. But Beijing doesn't have any trust in Hong Kong people after last year, does it? After a majority uh, yeah, of Hong Kong is, people uh, voting that, that um, for yet a lot of damage. But I don't think that the damage is permanent. You know, if you if Hong Kong uh, gets back to peace and order, and I think uh, uh, there will be uh, uh, there will be more dialogue. And people in Hong Kong uh, can go into China, go, go into the mainland uh, to see for themselves how people are living there and so on. And I'm hoping that uh, Beijing wouldn't do some silly things and, uh, and uh, would allow uh, dissent in terms of uh, um, uh, policies. Okay? But um, I understand Beijing's uh, uh, concern for people challenging its unitary, the party's unitary leadership. And I myself am in favor of that unitary leadership. Okay, I think it works far better, and I just want that unitary leadership to be accountable. Okay, and I'm also uh, have been asking for more freedom of the press, uh, more freedom of, of, of expression, and, uh, and I'm hoping and I'm asking Beijing, you know, to uh, delineate very clearly what is allowed and what is not allowed. You know, the limits to freedom of speech. You know, if there are certain limits, you have to spell it out. So people, people know exactly what it is. And, 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 if, um, and those limits have to be reasonable. And if you say that you, you shouldn't challenge the unitary uh, leadership of the party, then you have to explain, you know. And, um, and do, you, do you think that will be that, that that should be an offence in Hong Kong then to challenge the leadership of the party? Uh, I think that if you challenge the the unitary leadership of the party, it's going to be problematic. It could be uh, something that could be indictable under the national security law. You know, because uh, including if you challenge it peacefully by things you you write on the internet and so on and Facebook and. Uh, I think you can't say uh, you can't generalize. You have to you have to assess uh, how you, you, you know the the, uh, the argument and the intent. You know, if if you if you uh, challenge it uh, with a good argument, ex- explaining why a uh, multi-party system would work better uh, logically, reasonably. I don't think that's an offense. All right. Okay. So, so some comment from listeners. All right. This is from Drake, who says Professor Ho is is detached, grossly detached from the reality. Most of the cases on the mainland has nothing to do with national security. So here are some real advice. Listeners, beware. Anyone attending a conference in Taiwan to discuss the human rights situation in Hong Kong would be prosecuted. If you hold foreign passport and your government arrests Mr. Huawei or Miss Xiaomi, you would be detained for a year without legal representation, like the two Canadians. Mind you, you'd also 
also be sent to the mainland because all government officials are refusing to fight for trying suspects entirely in Hong Kong under the common law system. That comes uh, from uh, Drake. And uh, Jeff says, trust and hope is not a legal term when CCP's wants you to shut up and the courts will only consider facts, not trust and hope. Uh, this uh, is ridiculous, um, those comments uh, from listeners. Professor Ho, do you want add yeah, anything you at the see, end? I, I have uh, uh, criticised Beijing multiple times, OK? Uh, when uh, Li Po was uh, uh, snatched you know, from Hong Kong into the mainland, I wrote an article in South China Morning Post criticising that and asking Beijing to amend uh, and to restore Hong Kong people's trust. And when, um, uh, when, when there was this uh, uh, news circulating that uh, Beijing was not going to allow the so-called seven taboos, you know, to be uh, discussed in universities, I wrote an article in Ming Pao criticizing that. You see, so I am ready to criticize specific issues but I'm not going to uh, uh, challenge the unitary leadership, you know, because the unitary leadership of the party is very important to to uh, to this uh, um, uh, solidarity of the of the uh, uh, Chinese people. Um, but uh, I would ask for accountability of every. Uh, official on the mainland, including Xi Jinping himself. But again, if okay. you did, if you did write an article uh, challenging the unitary uh, state in China, you you would you should expect to go to Not prison. Not necessarily, as I said, it it depends on how you reason it out. If you if you uh, uh, write something like uh, uh, I I recall one one of the commentators, you know, uh, that that says that uh, uh, if the Communist Party. Uh, uh, doesn't make a lie a day, it will collapse. You know, that kind of statement is so, so uh, sweeping, it cannot be tolerated. You know, it is saying that the uh, Communist Party is lying every day, and if it doesn't lie, it, it will collapse immediately. You know, okay. that is, that's something that cannot be tolerated. Okay. You know, because certainly... We're out of, we're out of time, but we take your point. Uh, thank you very much indeed for joining us once again. Okay, Hola, thank, Hola, you. thank you very much indeed. Very grateful. Uh, senior Research Fellow at, the, uh, at Lingnan University. Uh, back with more after the news at nine o'clock in three minutes' time. Made how oblivious they were uh, to what our founders had in mind in our country. We must lead by example. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Friday morning with Danny Gittings and me, Hugh Chiverton. We were talking to Professor Holok Sang in the first part of the programme this morning about aspects of the national security legislation. We're joined now uh, up to 9.30 by Michael Moe, who's the Tunmun District Councillor, and we want to hear from you. Backchat at rthk.hk is our email address. Uh, you can comment on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, or you can call us, and our number is 233 Um <clears throat> So uh, just a few uh, emails on different topics. Alonzo, first of all, says, I see from his latest tweets yesterday that Trump is still calling the pandemic the China plague. Seriously, while the virus may have started in China, there is zero doubt that the US government's ill-preparedness and shambolic handling of COVID, coupled with Trump's re-election driven aggressive push to reopen the economy, have contributed significantly to the country's staggering number of 2.26 million cases and over 120,000 casualties. Yesterday, there were over 3,200 new cases in Florida alone, and that is three times the 
total number of cases uh, in Hong Kong. That uh, is uh, from uh, Alonzo. Uh, we did uh, touch on the topic of uh, 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 emails and how to deal with uh, emails. Mike, our regular correspondent, says... Uh, on email rudeness, we all enjoy clever wordsmithing. However, rudeness is never acceptable and should be eliminated from the conversation and violators should be called out. Uh, for example, Mike, we would like to read your email, but idiot, stupid, blah, blah, and ignorant so-and-so is not acceptable language and disparaging, opinionated, unsubstantiated comments will not be read out. So do some more research and try again tomorrow. Yours truly, Hugh. No more comment like, if you don't like it, go home. Just a thought, but what do your other listeners think? That's uh, from Mike. Uh, and um, uh, Alan says, we keep hearing a pro-CCP type saying only a very small number of people need fear the national security legislation. That is the threat. It means the law is so vague they can apply it to anyone they don't like, excuse anyone they like, and immediately it will allow them to easily disqualify anyone from running for office. It is ruled by law, the mainland way. The law is a tool of the CCP, not a constraint on it. As for requiring letters to have names and addresses, a nice idea, but hopeless. It's annoying. The greater number who post under Western names when they are clearly mainland-born Chinese or parroting the same script... China can supply whatever the details they like to their Wu Mao. Names, local IP numbers, wherever and whoever they actually are. Uh, and uh, uh, TC says, uh, 12 months ago, Carrie Lam tried to convince everyone in Hong Kong that the Fugitive Offenders Ordinance Amendment wouldn't harm one country, two systems. Today, with a law more severe, Carrie Lamp maintains that the national security legislation won't hurt one country, two systems. Does she even know what she's saying anymore? Second, Beijing and the SAR government will have been stating that the NSL only targets a small number of people in Hong Kong. Shouldn't the intent of the law to protect everyone? In regards to the first uh, email read out on the show, that was on the subject of uh, email addresses and so on, I put my comments on Facebook because I welcome any discussions. I only wrote an email today because Backchat's Facebook page didn't make any updates. Sorry for that. Uh, most importantly, I don't hide the fact that I'm not living in Hong Kong. I often observe that people living outside Hong Kong have a better understanding of political stroke social issues than those living there. It comes uh, from uh, TC. Thank you very much indeed for those comments. There are some more which we'll get to in due course. We're now joined by Michael Moe. Michael Moe, uh, Tunmun District Councillor and organiser of several protests over the past year. Um, good morning, Mr Moe. Morning. Uh, so do you think you're a target of this new national security law? Why? Uh, in this year or two, I guess. Uh, the reason for that is that um, the legislation itself uh, could only enable uh, the authorities to turn, perhaps, the Asian office into a public security bureau, and, but then they don't have the local enforcement powers. For sure, uh, the police camps, the blah, 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 or blah, that uh, it would disclose consulars or even uh, legislative council uh, candidates, uh, for me, I would say that it's just a bluff. That's why uh, the law itself has not been enacted. Uh, the Senate committee is still talking about uh, how to enact it. But for now, we voice our dissent. doesn't mean that um, we are disobeying to or we are not really respecting the law at all. Okay, we're, we are having problems, um, I think, communicating, uh, rather. We've got a quite bad line. I understand you're on your way to the, in, into the studio. Yeah, I'm on my way. 
Yeah. Okay. I think I think we'll have to we'll think we'll have to uh, put it on pause then uh, until we until you can uh, join us in the studio. I think you're in the Kalintong neighbourhood, so uh, fingers crossed it, it it shouldn't be too long. Uh, okay. A chance to uh, air some some more uh, comments, perhaps from uh, from uh, listeners while we while we wait to uh, speak to you a little bit more clearly, uh, Mr. Mo. Um, Paul, first of all, in typo, uh, says, uh, "Dear Backchat, throughout the protests last year." Xi Jinping kept insisting that Carrie Lam was doing a good job. Here we are now discussing a law of which we haven't read and therefore have no idea how much power the PRC is about to impose on us. So much for a free Hong Kong. To add insult to injury, one of the few things that we do know is that the law will have an extradition clause attached to it. The protests were a complete failure and from the perspective of the PRC, you've got to hand it to Carrie. She performed amazingly. That comes, as I say, from uh, Paul. Thank you very much indeed for that. Drake says, trust is not in the dictionary of the Chinese communists. The commie rule by segregation, divide and conquer. If anyone wants to negotiate with the commie, negotiate on the benefits, not trust. I'm sorry, I don't know what Ho teaches. That comes uh, from uh, Drake. Um, thanks very much indeed for that. Once again, backchat.rthk.hk is the uh, email, uh, email address uh, if you want to comment. Um, on the topic of uh, the emails, Danny, do you have any thoughts on the uh, reading out the emails? And well, the the, the point is that um, traditionally, I mean, I've been on Backchat for many many years now. That um, traditionally, Backchat did receive very few emails. Yeah, and uh, so we were able almost, to read them all out. Yeah. And indeed, it was almost seen as sort of uh, something you were pleased about that uh, emails were actually coming in. And then that changed. I mean, and it shows uh, sort of interest in current affairs and uh, Hong Kong over the past few years. That changed a couple of years ago, didn't it? And now a number of our listeners are, su- are suspicious that the reason that changed and particularly that you had a quite a large number of uh, pro-government voices uh, was that it was an organized campaign but um, you and i looking at the emails it doesn't appear to be a concerted campaign it's a um, um it is just there is genuinely more interest and the problem is of course you will get diverse views and some of them are well to be honest, are a little bit unpleasant, uh, but um, it's uh, still a preferable situation where you have, and you often have listeners emailing in to respond to each other, don't you? Back and forth, you get you get a debate going, and it's always a difficult balance to strike, isn't it? We always think about the balance between the emails and and the guests. Yeah, it is. It's and uh, and also I would just uh, you know plead my case that drawing the line with what's offensive and what goes too far is uh, is is very hard to do, and it's very it's very debatable. Um, I mean, we don't want to be accused of censorship. For example, we had an email just I just read out just now, uh, which said that Professor Ho is grossly detached from the reality. I read it and I didn't like the word grossly. <laughs> I thought maybe that was too, over the line. So I, literally, I said, I said is detached, and then I went back and I thought maybe, well, maybe actually it is okay to say grossly detached. That's not insulting. So so then I added the grossly afterwards. So you know, in, in, a, in an instance like that, it's very very hard, I think, to to say. If you say someone is grossly detached, is that insulting? I mean, the whole name Backchat is not just about giving um, the, 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 our guests a, 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 a chance to, to speak out. It is about giving listeners a chance to speak out. And we prefer it if listeners call in, and we always urge listeners to call in. But realistically, um, most people at this time of day don't necessarily have time to do so. And so yeah. e- email does provide and, a different way of... Um, and, and we can't read out all the emails. Uh, we just uh, haven't got time to read out all the emails. And I think pe- people... Would, would accept that in other certainly on the Chinese channel they're going to get they're going to be getting thousands of emails and thousands of comments and they, people accept that you take your chances and um, somebody has to decide which are read out and which are not and you trust that um, somebody will uh, will provide some kind of balance 
And again, to those who are suspicious about um, these emails, Hugh and I looking as they come in and we can, can see um, what email address they've come from and um, often have the full names attached. And uh, with perhaps very occasional exceptions, there doesn't seem to be any kind of concerted campaign. And we can recognise the, the names of people who are sending in emails. It is, it is genuinely backchecked listeners. There are some dodgy ones. Well, that's right. The occasional exceptions. <laughs> there, there are a few dodgy ones. I don't want to say. I don't want to point fingers or name names or whatever um uh all right here's an email from uh professor carol peterson i think he's a a loyal listener uh, in hawaii uh you know former professor uh in the uh department of law at uh, the university of, of hong kong professor peterson uh, who's now there, as I say, at the University of Hawaii at Manoa, said, your guest's suggestion that the new law may seek to criminalise peaceful advocacy for multi-party democracy is very worrying. This would directly conflict with the ICCPR, which China promised would continue to be enforced in Hong Kong. The UN Human Rights Committee, the treaty monitoring body for the ICCPR, has frequently reminded governments that the reference to national security in Article 19 of the ICCPR cannot be used as a justification for prohibiting peaceful advocacy for multi-party democracy. See Mukong versus Cameroon, Human Rights Committee communication from July the 21st, 1994, especially Paris. 9.7. That's uh, from Professor uh, Carol Peterson, acting all academic there with the, with the, with, with the footnotes. Uh, once again, backchat.rthk.hk. Uh, drop us an email. We'll do our best to uh, read it out. Now, we're now joined in the studio by uh, Michael Moe, a Tumman district councillor and organiser of several protests over the past year, who we were speaking to on his way to the studio just now. Um, now, um, we didn't hear you very clearly, but I, I asked you when you were on the way whether you are a target of this new law, and you seem to think that you're not. Yeah. Um, as I said, uh, the law itself... Uh, is going to be annexed uh, into the, ba- the Annex 3 of the Basic Law. Uh, but they're still not having any uh, local legislation which c- could enable the Chinese officials to exercise the national security law in Hong Kong. And we see that uh, the law itself is still being uh, talked or discussed at the Standard Committee of the National People's Congress. And it's not quite, we don't know whether it would be enacted uh, by June or by August at all. So for now, if we are voicing out our dissent, uh, it doesn't mean that we are not respecting the basic law as of now. I see. So you're saying, you know, you're taking quite a narrow view there. You're saying because the law has not yet become a law in Hong Kong, you're not a target. But, I mean, my point is looking forward. Once this law becomes a law in Hong Kong, which is going to happen soon, it, it could, it's unlikely, it could happen tomorrow, but more likely it's going to happen uh, oh. probably in July or August. Well, my next question would be, uh, where would the court to be set up to, uh, to, to make a trials on those uh, national security law so-called offences or allegations? Where with the court will be set up. I think we know the answer. Even we haven't seen the law, it seems pretty clear. The answer will be, in most cases, Hong Kong, but there may be some exceptions. So, so that's why uh, there's still like uh, there should be some other kind of uh, protocols or domestic legislations that has to be so-called passed by the LegCo in order to enable such kind of transfer or to let the uh, the law itself to be exercised. Uh, there's the, not going to be any law passed. 
by LegCo. I mean, LegCo is about to recess for for the elections anyway. Um, and um, uh, but it, it's it's this is all going to be covered in the new law, which will become a law in Hong Kong once it's added to Annex Three and promulgated well, in Hong Kong. Well, I have I have some kind of reservation on that because like uh, you have to have some kind of law to be enacted in and to enable those officers to get you you know to get to the trial or to or to point to you in somehow you are offending the uh, national security law and you you have to you know they have to throw you into jail in other words of course we were talking about another wheel which is uh that uh it is which is quite likely to happen is that uh, the authorities pointing you out that you are offending national security law because of A, B, C, or D. Uh, then they could disqualify you or to rip you off your uh, political rights and civil rights. That's uh, pretty much it. Like, for instance, uh, disqualifying you to run for any public office. Yeah, you want, you, you you want to stand for election to, in LegCo in September, don't well, you? Well, I'm still considering. Okay, you're considering course. to stand. Yeah, I'm still oh. considering to stand. And it does seem quite likely, based on what the Secretary for Constitutional Mainland Affairs said, that um, whether or not you um, support the national security law will be a criteria in deciding whether you uphold the basic law. Well, that would be, that would be a bluff. I would say national... A bluff. The, yeah. In the liaison office, it's the liaison office. It's not the actual legislation body, okay? And I really don't think what the views of the liaison office is the view of the Standard Committee or the National People's Congress at all. For most of the time, they bluff to Hong Kong politicians, to business, and so on and so forth. And I really, I truly want to urge every, uh, every of us to really look into what's happening in Peking instead of uh, the bluffs in uh, in the in so you're a bit more optimistic. You don't think this new law is going to change so much? Would you mean you think you'll still be able to go out and organise these sort of protests? Well, if there's a protest about uh, people voicing our Hong Kong independence, perhaps, uh, which people are doing so every lunchtime at IFC, yeah. those people might get disqualified uh, for running any public office, perhaps. And get arrested for breaking the national security law. Um, I I put a doubt on it. Who is going to exercise this law? And uh, and as I said in the uh, on June fourth, right here, that uh, of course a law matching could be exercised it uh, without that just latch code. But it would be a true uh, it would be a truly evil step for the Hong Kong authorities to follow. For instance, we still have uh, treason charges. Or the uh, no, no, not treason charges, treason, but uh, sedition, sedition uh, attempt, seditious yes. attempt in our criminal code, and if the Hong Kong authorities trying to match the seditious intent uh, with to the national security law, that would be e- an effective bypass, and then uh, of course, then the police could follow and to you know put you into jail. We've had an email uh, on on this topic from from Drake, who says, uh, "Funny, Mr. Mo said voicing dissent on the national security law is fine for now. The government has already said that such action is equivalent to refusing to uphold the basic law and therefore cannot run as as candidates." Uh, of course, what the government says is that it's not up to us; it's up to the returning officer. Um, surely, uh, if you wanted to achieve that end of disqualifying. Uh, if if you wanted to achieve the end of disqualifying uh, opposition candidates, uh, all you had to do was to scare the um, returning officers, didn't you? And uh, if the liaison office shouts loudly enough, maybe that effect would be achieved. Um, it would be really up to the returning officer for mm. now. Well, 
we look at the experience we have in our last uh, district council election, some returning officers are really scared and they have to take leaves. And uh, eventually, uh, uh, she or he or she, not to be named. But they, but they know the game now. And if they if they're going to uh, volunteer as returning officers, well, they probably. What well, the thing is that there was, uh, no, there was no disciplinary action, of course, taken against those returning officers, was there? Even if their actions were ruled illegal, and they stopped people from standing, there was no question of them, <laughs> as far as I know. In fact. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe they're rewarded because they they um, did the dirty job. Um, I guess the only returning officer by then, uh, disqualifying Joseph Wong, was being uh, uh, asked to reassign the role to Shanghai, indeed. And while other uh, returning officers really did some hard time to fulfill their job requirement uh, by the authorities or people, you know, high, in a higher ranks. Uh, for instance, I my uh, my confirmations have been delayed for weeks before I get myself confirmed to run. So. Um, so, but again, to me, uh, that it would be up to, of course, uh, whether the Hong Kong authorities uh, trying to make this uh, as a as a real reference, I think, real reference, uh, and to point to the returning officer that you have to screen the candidates because of that. And uh, we, at this point of fact, we don't know. We really don't know, and we have to wait and see. Of course, and I cannot say that uh, I'm I'm optimistic or pessimistic on this. Uh, but uh, it would be really up to the returning officer and the Hong Kong authorities, uh, and you know whether they could strip us uh, our right to run for office. Now, how do you assess the uh, mood among protesters at the moment? We um, I keep seeing on Telegram uh, they, they announce protests and nobody turns up. You watch the um, feeds you're referring to these lunch protests. Um, last year, those were attracting hundreds, even thousands in Central. And now it's literally one person a lot of the time, maybe two or three. I guess the whole cam is, uh, is being dragged by the debate of whether we should run for a primary election uh, in the pro-democracy fraction. Uh, you if, think that's dissipating energy? Yes, it's consuming energy for... Uh, and it leads to divisions moment. as well. Yeah, and create divisions. Uh, I... I already announced that I'm not running for primary, and I really think that it's a uh, <laughs> well. The way that we are uh, we are promoting uh, the the election itself is uh, on proportional representation, and there's no point to run for primary in such kind of uh, setting it, against all election uh, principles that we learned on textbook. But is this the only reason, or is it because people are scared? You never expected in the end that Beijing would come I, in like this. I guess it creates fear, but uh, at the time that the uh, Wuhan coronavirus outbe- outbreak, uh, we can't leave. People couldn't leave at all. They do consult, uh, they you know, uh, you know, immigration services, or you see that on Google that uh, immigration spiked for uh, you know thousands of times. Uh, it has become a hit, and people are trying to buy foreign currencies. Well, I guess people do have some kind of fear, but it's not about fear of uh, protesting outside, but about uh, whether they their fundamental rights or their way of life would be uh, stripped off and they have no way to go for now. So, Has the time for those large street protests we saw last year, has that time passed now? We won't see those kind of large unlawful protests again. 
and they would be unlawful because it's very difficult to imagine permission being given for large lawful street protests for a long time to come. Well, yeah, most of the most of the families, you know, joined the protest last year. Uh, really depend on the protest organisers whether they could obtain the protest permits. So if there if there's not, um, you know, the moms and dads will not be able to put their kids on the streets safely because. We, they do have safety concerns. And we see that uh, there are a huge amount of uh, protesters, uh, peaceful protesters, really scared off or really not turning out mm. because, of, because uh, the police keep on, you know, uh, the, you know turning, turning down the uh, application to have a protest which exceeds like 50 people. But uh, I would say is that uh, why on earth we don't have anyone to make a JL on this? It seems to me that the whole so-called uh, uh, the, uh, the, what, the order to restrict uh, people gathering on the streets, public gathering on the streets, is become a nonsense. But we did also last year have some large un- unlawful, un- unauthorized protests, and thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of people were at that stage willing to turn out for unlawful protests. And we don't see that now. We see, so for instance, the national anthem bill being passed with just minute protests by comparison. Well, so it really seems the fire has gone out of the of protest movement in that respect. Unfortunately, uh, most of the hardcore protesters were uh, at least uh, arrested for once or even now behind the bars, uh, maybe detained for trial and so on and so forth. So uh, the real hardcore uh, protesters are now, you know, being flamed out in somewhat kind of ways. They might, yeah, they might already be behind the bars or, you know, have to be wait for the trial. And if they are going, if they are now released on bail, they have to, you know, behave <laughs> They have to behave, and uh, that's why I that's why I say that uh, unless there will be a, a permitted protest, I would say, uh, pessimistically speaking, uh, if not, there will be no uh, huge people turning up. So yeah, we well, what I, I asked at the beginning, yeah. the the time for these large um, unauthorized protests has passed now. It's unlikely unlikely we're going to see those again. Yeah, look at Lee Chat Yan. He's been charged uh, by holding a June 4th vigil last uh, yeah earlier this week. So what tactics do you think the remaining protests will turn to? I mean, will they turn to often accused of terrorism? But um, if there are only a few of you and you don't have any other tactics, it are sort of um, putting bombs in places, is that, is that a strategy some people might think about? It is discussed from time to time now, isn't it? Well, the, the thing is that the so-called uh, bomb discovery is not really that powerful at all, yeah, or I even think. is a fake bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. But I, I'm asking going forward whether if you, if you don't have other options for protest, I mean, this has happened in so many other countries where people, options for peaceful protests and, uh, and milder protests are, are closed off, people turn to more radical means. Do, do, do you think that there's some in the protest movement who might think about that? Um, I guess I guess the momentum. Uh, I guess some people might think that those hardcore protesters were still, you know, uh, free uh, walking free in Hong Kong. But I don't think that there would be enough momentum to do so. That's one thing. Another thing is that uh, the coronavirus outbreak will pass, and we will wait. We have to wait and see that uh, a gen- a so-called permitted protest could be made out, uh, could be approved. And we ask people to come out, and that would be the moment to see. It. And for that, I'm confident.
if the if the outbreak is pressed and people apply for the permit and there's a protest, people will turn up. And, and the elections, will the elections go ahead in a meaningful way in which people are represented? Um, right now, you see the uh, public gathering restriction order could be further extended. So there won't be any large election rallies being held uh, in the public, on the streets, on football pitch and so on. But so how about forth. the elections themselves being cancelled? I mean, a lot of ordinary people su- suspect the elections won't take place. Where, where do you stand on that? Um, we, ha- we have to see whether there would be a, a conflict between uh, China and other countries uh, that would take the national security law or, the, uh, so, or any kind of orders, you know, uh, to be called off. We, we, we don't know. We seriously don't know. But if there, if there would be an election as it is, as scheduled, I believe that people would turn up and to vote as they wish. And would the, um, it's going to be very difficult for the pan-democrat camp, especially when you're not united. It's very, going to be very difficult to repeat your success you did in the district council elections. Even if you get the same share of the vote you did in district council elections, because of the way elective councils elected, you won't get the same portion Well, that's of the setting of proportional representation. Yeah, you know that. Constituency. It's all about functional constituency to achieve the so-called 35 plus. And it's so. And that's even tough, it, isn't it? The yeah, it's, of course it's very tough. But I guess if we are going to uh, use f- our full powers uh, to run for election, we should target the FC candidates and the FC uh, voters to convince them that okay, let's do it. No matter what, the democracy camps, uh, democracy candidates all together could get at least like twenty-one to twenty-four seats. How about the other? Are you, are you feeling worried? Are you feeling optimistic? Are you feeling happy? What's your mood? Um, well, uh, of course, no one's going to be happy <laughs> at all uh, at this point of time. Uh, but I guess we still need some hope. We have to be hopeful. Yeah, you don't sound like you're giving up. You don't sound like you're about to emigrate. Yeah, yeah, I'm not it, sure you can. You've been arrested, haven't well, you? Yeah, I have been yeah, arrested so once. Are, are you allowed to leave Hong Kong? Uh, yeah. You are allowed yeah, to leave Hong Kong. Uh, yeah, but we, we have to be <laughs> at least uh, being hopeful. If not... We're just, you know, do, we, we don't need to do anything. We just need to uh, wait for the outbreak to, uh, to pass and then we, we're going to leave. You know, BNO holders, you, are, you might perhaps getting the right to leave uh, and to turn yourself into this. Uh, you're, presumably, you're presumably a BNO holder. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. a BNO holder. But, but it's not a responsible politician in Hong Kong to advocate for something like this. You know, you still have to tell the truth to the audience and to bring some hope for them, indeed. Okay. Uh, some comments from listeners. Martin says, uh, reference your earlier guest, it's, uh, uh, it is worth asking whether mainland human rights lawyer Yu Wen-Sheng, jailed recently for four years for inciting subversion after being arrested in 2018, would trust mainland authorities on national security. Good luck on the Hong Kong version of national security law if you have contrary opinions. Uh, that comes from uh, Martin. Thank you very much indeed for, for uh, joining us. Michael Mo, there's a Tunmun uh, District Councillor. Just a few emails on, on the topic of uh, uh, reading out emails and uh, sharing thoughts and uh, rules. Uh, someone who says uh, anonymous says, Dear Backchat, my employer in Hong Kong forbids me in my contract to speak to the media without their express commis- permission. Hence, I appreciate the opportunity to have a say on your programme as I trust you will respect your listeners' request for anonymity. That, as I say, comes from Anonymous, please. 
uh, uh, TC says, my biggest problem with emails is why does the show need to read out 10 of Anthony's uh, emails? That's from uh, TC, because Anthony likes to do that line by line, uh, <laughs> basically. And Jay says, uh, on the issue of the returning officer, if the returning officer has been nobbled, surely this is a job for the uh, ICAC. Thank you very much indeed for... Uh, this for email debate is going to run and run, isn't it? it well, yes, yes. Uh, and uh, good, that's welcome, because we want emails. We want discussion. That's what Backchat uh, is all about. Uh, okay, here's the uh, weather before we uh, leave you and head into the weekend. Mainly fine. Uh, a couple of isolated showers this morning and then very hot with the temperatures up to about 23 degrees. The outlook sunny periods and isolated showers forecast over the next couple of days. There's a very hot weather warning now. 30 degrees, relative humidity, 75%. Hi, I'm Lazy Lion. To fight this pandemic, take preventive measures when commuting. Avoid rush hours and busy times and take advantage of flexible working hours. Wear a mask when taking a ride. If possible, open the windows to ventilate the vehicle. Clean your hands with liquid soap and water or alcohol-based hand rub after using public transport or touching public facilities. Social distancing can help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Tips for you and me to prevent COVID-19. 9.33, the news now with Samantha Butler. A local deputy to the National People's Congress says an unexpected change of wording in the national security law being drafted by Beijing is aimed at people who help foreign agents interfere in domestic affairs. The wording previously said no foreign interference but now says no colluding with foreign forces. Executive Councillor Ipgok Him says he believes people might break the law if they take action to harm Hong Kong and China's interests but simply talking about possible sanctions shouldn't be a problem. Australia's Prime Minister Scott Morrison says a sophisticated state-based actor has been attempting to hack a wide range of organisations for months and had recently stepped up efforts. Speaking at a media briefing in Canberra, he said the attack targeted all levels of government, political organisations, essential service providers and operators of other critical infrastructure. And Facebook says it's removed Trump campaign ads that contained a red triangle symbol used by the Nazis. It said the ads violated its policy against organised hate. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Designer and Interpreter of Beethoven. And We're oh so shy, quiet and retiring doggy council co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is really for adults, it's not really for kids. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. Decide of what's happening behind the lift. Good morning. In-depth interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. We made it a Friday. Hello, good morning. I'm Phil Whelan and I'm doing it until...